From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. Since coming to power, the federal coalition has chipped away at the public service, increasingly outsourcing key functions of government to private companies. In the past 18 months, everything from the vaccine rollout strategy to advice on manufacturing the vaccine has been contracted out to management consultants. The trend has raised important questions about transparency and the long-term sustainability of government services. Today, senior reporter for the Saturday paper, Rick Morton, on how private management consultants took over the public service. It's Wednesday, October 13. Rick, you've been investigating how the outsourcing of vital public services has impacted the government's response to the pandemic. What have you discovered? So I analysed all of the contracts awarded by the government between January and October this year, that's just over nine months, and found that over $650 million worth of management advisory services, labour hire and consulting work was granted to just six companies. And those are Boston Consulting Group, McKinsey & Company, Deloitte, Ernst & Young, KPMG and PricewaterhouseCoopers. Now, earlier this year, McKinsey was awarded more than $6 million to advise the government on vaccine strategy in terms of both the rollout of the vaccine and providing advice around manufacturing it locally, particularly the mRNA uh, vaccines. Now, a couple of months later, it was handed a further $2 million to provide even more advice on yet another level of vaccine manufacturing here in Australia. Now, that is an enormous amount of money and really highlights how hollowed out the public service is right now. So, Rick, we're talking about services that at one point in time would have been conducted largely by the public sector, but now the government is instead paying private consultancies to do those jobs. So what does that mean for the public sector? What do we mean when we say that the public service is being hollowed out? Well, this is something that actually goes right back to the late 1980s. We shall embark upon a range of projects carefully selected to provide the maximum quick boost to employment, the maximum benefit to the private sector, and the maximum value for the long-term advantage to this nation for the money spent. It is vital. And that was then reinforced by John Howard when uh, he made a couple of changes to the Public Service Act. Uh, in the late 1990s and started chipping away at things. You need a certain number of state employees, but I think it's fair to say that the number appointed by the present government has got a little bit out of proportion. And, you know, after that time, uh, the Australian National Audit Office finally got around to looking at how much money is being spent on outsourcing. And it reported that the work of the public service outsourced to consultancies reduced in value over the years from 2009 until 2013-14, uh, which is exactly when the coalition came to power. Now, uh, the coalition will get spending down. Uh, we will do it uh, in ways which we believe are responsible. Uh, we will trim back the Commonwealth public sector, uh, not because we... So when the auditor included all contracts, not just consultancies that are flagged within government systems... 
eight private firms alone received more than $1.1 billion in work agreements in the single year covering 2018-19. Now, that makes Australia's consulting industry the fourth largest in the world. And at the same time that this has all started happening, the coalition put staffing caps on the public sector. So basically, instead of investing in government services, we're just handing out money to the private sector to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing increasing privatisation at the same time as we're seeing a shrinking of the public service. What kinds of issues does that raise, Rick? So one of the concerns is about long-term efficiency and, as we said, the hollowing out of this strategic policy expertise in government. So if you aren't investing in the public sector in the long term, you aren't building up people who have the experience to develop policy and create responses and provide useful advice to the government, particularly advice that is frank and fearless. But it also raises these questions about transparency and accountability. The way these contracts are awarded is opaque and poorly governed. It's almost impossible to tell what work is actually being delivered, and the reports aren't always published. So, for example, I wanted to know more information about what was involved in McKinsey's work uh, for what was uh, a so-called interdepartmental workforce task force. I asked for more detail uh, about this exact tender from the Department of Employment, and they simply told me in an official statement, information on the contract awarded to McKinsey is available on Tender, and that is the website where some of the information is published that I'd already looked at. Now, there is, of course, no more detail there uh, because there is no requirement for it. This is a pattern we see over and over and over again. And this isn't just about the vaccine rollout or any of the economic work that follows COVID-19. This is something that is happening across the whole public sector, including in the agencies responsible for taking care of some of our most vulnerable communities. Can you tell me more about that, how this is impacting the provision of services to vulnerable communities? One illuminating example of this is in an area I've been spending a lot of time looking into, and it's the sheer preponderance of contracts awarded in the past nine months alone to firms for advice, planning and implementation work regarding aged care. Now, this wealth of contracting happened after the release of the final report by the Aged Care Quality and Safety Royal Commission. Now, of course, some of the recommendations will require detailed work. There's no doubt about that. But I find it curious that after such a major report, the Department of Health itself would require another nearly half a million dollar piece of work from Boston Consulting Group to, quote unquote, provide options and findings to enhance aged care governance. That seems wild to me because the entire portfolio responsible for aged care governance is the Department of Health in the Commonwealth. Now, the National Disability Insurance Scheme is another area where the government has relied heavily on outsourcing. It was actually designed, including um, within the Productivity Commission, with around 10,000 permanent employees in mind, but it has less than half of that number. So instead, um, the most recent data we have, which was only published a couple of weeks ago, is uh, we found out now that the National Disability Insurance Agency spent $190 million, $190 million, on labour hire, temporary personnel or recruitment support in the last year alone, another $97 million to its outsourced delivery partners like local area coordinators and early intervention providers, and $30 million on the privatised call centre, which has been run by Serco. So in the long term, all of this creates a circular kind of a problem. 
So as capability declines, the use of external consultants and contracting increases, and typically little of this outside knowledge is retained by the public service, which contributes to the cycle of depletion. So unless this changes, the public service will become more reliant on external advice over time, and that is certainly a trend we've seen um, in almost the last decade. Mm. And external companies will continue to make more money as well as part of this cycle. Oh, yeah, there's... There is a literal fortune involved in this. We'll be back in a moment. As a a. 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day summarising each of their key points. Sign up today at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. For Sloane Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, but it did allow for the possibility of a better ending. Like you have this amazing meal that's this friendship and then you have a really, 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 really bad dessert with shards of glass in it. And then like the book is like, you know, those little chunks of chocolate that come with the bill. I'm Michael Williams. Join me for this week's episode of Read This as I talk to Sloane Crosley about her latest Grief is for People. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Rick, we're talking about the outsourcing of key public services. You mentioned the lack of transparency that arises when this happens, when the government relies on private companies in this way. Can you tell me more about that? Well, you can you can sort of demand accountability from government employees. You can hold Senate inquiries. You can file freedom of information requests, as imperfect as they all are. But it's much more difficult to get accountability from private companies like the big four. You can't get them in front of committees in the same way. And certainly you can't FOI a private company. But there have been attempts to unravel the government's reliance on these big companies. Ladies and gentlemen, it being just past the agreed time, I declare open this public hearing of the Joint Committee of Public Accounts and Audit for its inquiry into the 2016-2017 Major Projects Report. This hearing is focused on... Order... Back in 2017, the Parliamentary Joint Committee of Public Accounts and Audit began an inquiry into the world of Australian government contract reporting. It received bipartisan support at the time. Both Labor and the Coalition were on board. It was chaired by Liberal Senator Dean Smith. Uh, They held public hearings on three occasions in early 2018. I believe outsourcing on the scale documented in the report is an indication that something has gone systemically wrong and that the system is in need of a health check. There were more than 50 submissions, including from government departments and some of the major consulting firms, and they were published by the committee. And then it just stopped. Like, it stopped. The inquiry is now officially recorded as lapsed. Uh, It never resumed. And in a statement from the committee in April 2019, Senator Smith, the chair, simply declared the committee has decided not to issue a report. Um, And thinking about the issues of governance and funding, which were touched on in the report. Oh, what on earth is that? It's a very large cockroach Mm. that the records show. Um, And what does all of this mean, Rick, for the future of the public sector? Because as more of these contracts are handed out, there's presumably less public servants who have less knowledge. So is that a problem? What does it mean to take our trust from the public sector and place it in 
private companies. It's it's a really insidious distortion of of knowledge and talent, I think. So what we're seeing is this vicious cycle, which we were talking about before, where, you know, the more you have a declining capability in the public service, the more you need to rely on external advice and and not just advice, but actual policy creation work, which is being done by these private companies. But of course, all of these contracts are awarded uh, to companies and they tend to favour, you know, economies of scale. The larger you are as a company, the more uh, likely it is that you're able to undercut um, other people, particularly, you know, um, small and medium uh, enterprises. And the more likely it is that you'll start winning multiple sets of contracts, as McKinsey has done, for the same kind of work. Because once you've done the first one and a department needs an update or it needs a little bit more work done, of course they're going to go back to you because you did the original work. And so it just makes sense. And then that, that becomes a limited tender, so that's not open, um, so there's no competition. And it just keeps going and going and going. In fact, a few people when I was writing this story said to me that, you know, if we decided to fix this now properly and did all of the things that needed to be done, it would still take a decade to restore the public service to at least uh, a similar standing um, that it has had in the past. Because the other problem, of course, the other side of that coin, is that ministers don't trust them, particularly ministers in coalition governments. You know, they think they're all lefties. And, uh, you know, I was talking to one former senior-ranking public servant, had a really interesting insight because they worked at quite a high level. And it was like sometimes the outsourcing was done because... There was no way that the evidence would ever have backed a policy that the government wanted to implement. And so, you know, there were multiple examples where the government then outsourced to a private firm. And even the private firm came back saying, actually, you can't do that. But that's the kind of stuff where they don't trust, the leaders don't trust the public service. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because the more you gut them of talent and skills, then the less you can trust them in even the day-to-day business. And that's a problem. Rick, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Ruby. I appreciate it. Sloane Crosley is known for her funny and acerbic personal essays, but her new memoir digs much deeper to examine the loss of her best friend. Join me, Michael Williams, as I chat with Sloane about Grief is for People. Find it wherever you listen. Also in the news today, the federal Labor leader, Anthony Albanese, says he won't order one of his MPs, Anthony Byrne, to stand down after an investigation into corruption and branch stacking heard that Byrne had been manipulating votes in the party's Victorian branch. In a hearing of Victoria's independent, broad-based anti-corruption commission on Monday, Byrne admitted that he and others within the Victorian Labor Party had spent thousands of dollars over the years to pay for membership fees in order to win internal party votes. On Monday, State Labor MP Luke Donnellan resigned after being implicated in the investigation. The public hearings are set to continue for the rest of the month. And the ACT government has confirmed that Canberra will come out of lockdown at midnight on Thursday after the Territory recorded 28 new COVID-19 cases on Tuesday. 
While outlining a roadmap out of lockdown, the ACT Chief Minister, Andrew Barr, said that 72% of people over 12 are now fully vaccinated, but warned that case numbers would rise as restrictions eased. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.